Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is episode one re nourishing your relationship with food with Rhiannon Lambert. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine, Alternatively Healthy. This is your high vibe, soul soothing weekly dose of wellness. Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts, and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources, and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Rhiannon Lambert is a nutritionist specializing in weight management, eating disorders, and sports nutrition. She is the founder of Retrition, a leading Harley Street private clinic, and author of best-selling book, Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well. Her qualified approach to nutrition and total dedication to her clients' needs has seen Rhiannon work with some of the world's most influential people and really cement herself as one of the industry's elite. So, welcome to the show, my lovely Hello. friend Rhiannon. How are you today? Oh, I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Beth. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so, I'm super, super, super excited to have Rhi on the podcast today. And she's actually the first one of yeah. our series, which is just amazing. <laughs> Rhi has been writing for Alternatively Healthy now for pretty much the last year that it's been mm. going. You've been really supporting. And it's just amazing the feedback that we're getting from people and what you're doing in the industry. I have to say, Rhi, while we are here at the beginning, the work you have been doing is just incredible guys everyone out there (laughs) listening I am the biggest fan of this girl and the message that she is putting out there in the industry at the moment I think is so so necessary before we go into your message and what you're about getting a bit emotional I'm sorry I'm being super nice but it's true we need a lot more of you in the industry tell everybody a little bit about your wellness story you don't really talk about it that much do you I don't I don't tend to get very personal I'm always giving out the info to get personal (laughs) I think I had a bit of a rocky road into I say the word wellness or the nutrition kind of feel because when I was young I didn't ever dream I was going to be a nutritionist okay I mean I grew up in a small town in Wiltshire where there were no real gyms no one ate healthy (laughs) my goodness we had like 10 takeaway shops in this small little village (laughs) literally it was a complete different world and going into the music industry was something that kind of changed my life so I didn't have many opportunities where I was. Having a voice naturally was my saving grace, I guess, because I won this online competition when I was doing my music A-level. I entered, just uploaded a singing clip of me. Yes, if any of you guys have not listened to karaoke, (laughs) it's my favourite thing. You haven't done any of those. I haven't. I haven't. forgotten all about karaoke. (laughs) I need to get my music hat back on, I I think. Entering (laughs) that competition with Classic FM, actually, and I won. And 
I can't still get over the fact they won because I'd had no classical training. My mum can't sing. My dad can't sing. No one in my family is musical. I kind of got whisked up to London. So I left home at about 17 years old. I was really, really young. And I think that in itself has a lot to do with where I am now because no one really taught me how to even use a washing machine, wow. how to cook, yeah. what to do. And I was thrust into this flat in Camden, this latch chair with all these post-grad students at the Royal Academy of Music. Mm-hmm. And they were all different nationalities. One was Taiwanese, one was Swedish, one was French. Oh yeah, and I'm still in touch with them now. And it, <laughs> Yeah, and oh. Laura, Alexandra and Anne Ting, if you're listening. <laughs> I love Hi. you girls. Hi. Oh. <laughs> and we would do these nights every weekend where someone would cook, Anne Ting would cook Taiwanese food and we would wow. taste it. And I... Unfortunately, the English night was never as good. The fish and chips or the pie night. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) Although I did make crumble a lot because that's my favourite dessert. So anyway, I kind of fell into the music industry. And as much as it sounds like the dream being signed to a record label, I mean, I worked with incredible people, Becky. I was recording with Brian May and people that worked with him. My singing teacher was Chris Martin from Coldplay singing teacher. Yeah, I sang for him. It was insane. But none of that worked out. And it was actually the lowest point in my life because I saw all my friends, like when you're that age, most people are at university or at college or figuring stuff out, having fun, drinking. And I missed that entire chapter of my life. Yeah, big chapter as well. Huge. Huge learning. Yeah, I had my first shot when I was 21. That gives you a rough idea. Well, that's the other extreme end of the spectrum there. I think the real nugget kind of hit me when I went to my doctor for feeling so low in energy. Looking back, it was because I was underweight and malnourished, but the doctor just put me on antidepressants and just said, these pills will help you feel better. You'll have more energy because you'll be happy again rather than diagnosing my nutritional deficiencies. And I realized the music industry would only ever be kind of like a hobby, I think. I'm still fortunate enough to do it. I've got family in that industry and it's honestly terrifying. It's so image-based and I felt so much pressure to have to be slim, to fit into these binding dresses rather than focusing on my talent. I felt it was more about what I looked like to sell my talent, Mm. which is a real shame, but it brought me to where I am. So I enrolled in a degree at uni in nutrition. Looking back, there were only five unis in the country that did nutrition. Five, five universities. Every single uni now nearly has a course in nutrition. It's a popular of course and I nearly cried in week one honestly biochem science for me was terrifying I hated science at school hated it I didn't care about maths and science. science at school I yeah. liked biology I was yeah, it. I yeah me physics too. and chemistry chemistry and actually chemistry is a huge part of nutrition I and I signed up for this not really knowing as much as I should have done yeah. before I went and did it but Hard work pays off. I worked night shifts to finance my degree. I did overnight shifts in the library. Then I'd go to uni. Then I'd do weekends in retail to pay the degree off at the time. And I think the harder you have to work, you've got no choice. I had no choice. No one else was going to do it for me. And I graduated with a first class. Superstar. I can't believe it. And now look at you. (laughs) I know, and I have a business. Yeah, and I have a business and a bloody best-selling book. (laughs) Thank you. So I I want to go into the book while you're talking about it. Okay. Firstly, huge congratulations. Thank you. It's quite literally taken the industry by storm, hasn't it? Honestly, the support has been incredible. Well, it's because I think that everyone I've spoken to in the industry, and obviously there's a lot of us in the industry that all come together and Mm. support each other. And I think one of the biggest things is that everyone's gone, we really like the message you're portraying. You've not 
come up with a fad. You've not no. come up with a really quirky, cool marketing tool. Actually, I think <laughs> your marketing tool is your name, which is I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you've taken it all back. You've stripped mm. it all back, yeah, haven't back you? It's basics. all about going back to basics. So tell us yeah. a little bit about what you want to achieve with the yes. book and why you did it. I think the Renourish principles really are about going back, re-nourishing your mind and your body. I wanted to focus on the fact that nutrition isn't just for aesthetic goals. And educating people that these dietary trends like calories, weighing yourself on the scales, all these things that cause us misery. Because my biggest compelling point to writing the book was that it's like having a consultation with me, but it's teaching people what my philosophy is. And that is that psychology and nutrition work together, but you have to have the educational understanding in order to implement health behavior changes. So you need to understand what you're eating. Otherwise, why would you keep eating it and make it a lifestyle? Yeah, No, I think it's amazing. And I remember reading the first, but I remember putting it on my stories actually. And some people came back to me. And I, at the time, was working on a piece on healing your relationship with exercise, which Mm. we will go on to because I think food and exercise are just so perfectly. Aligned, and I do think our message is very similar in the fact that you talk very much in the first part of your book about listening to your body and mm-hmm. the intuition being key yeah, yeah. and stripping the fat. So there are endless things we can talk about when it comes to nutrition. <laughs> know, what is the subject. one thing that you would change in the industry if you could when it comes to nutrition? Just one thing. I think right now it's nutrients, not numbers. Yeah. I think it's just telling people if they put these rigid rules and regulation and one number cannot possibly be the same for everybody. So calorie counting, macro counting, I think they're a disguise yeah. of a disordered relationship with food. With that calorie counting, I mean, it's a phenomenon. Like we were mm. talking about it actually in one of the other recordings that I did for the rest of the series. And I was saying that I calorie counted for a long time. Me I too. Had to, well, I had to, we had to learn also, people in the industry, we have to learn about it. Yeah, don't yeah, we? Yeah. To, yeah. And actually for me, it was such a good thing because I learned what calories look like, you know, yeah. Yeah, actually yeah, yeah. is in that food yeah and you have to know you speak to people who have no clue and you're like oh you really need to master the art mm. of what calories look like because you're yeah. not fueling your body enough and yeah most of the clients that come to me as PTs are under eating, of which course. is, of course, a big thing. And they don't realise that mm. they are. It has a place, I think. But That's, it's really yeah. important to know that if you're just focusing on numbers, you miss out on so much more. Mm. And I think knowing how much you eat is so important. Like, I always use my dad as an example because he would go and order three Starbucks gingerbread lattes in a row because yeah. they taste good, but yeah. he wouldn't be aware of the energy in that. In that yeah. So it's all very well saying stay in your energy requirement for the day but he could very easily have one of those every single day for the rest of his life and be within his energy intake but would that be healthy for his current heart condition probably not (laughs) and that's where it's like a fine line isn't it Mm. between educating yourself of what foods are what an energy looks like in an apple as compared to a chocolate bar yeah i remember last time you and i did something together Mm. and someone messaged me straight after okay she said I've just removed all the calories from my notes in that day. And actually, it made me think, oh my God, you're still doing that. There are yeah. people that are actually oh, yeah. physically jotting down their calories in their notepads. And yeah. I know all these things like my fitness power. And you know what? At the end of the day, they work, don't they? Counting calories, splitting it by macros. You know that you can lose weight, shape, but they're also short term. Yeah, they are very short term. And I think the minute you put a number on it, you get feelings of yeah. maybe guilt or shame if yeah. you go over it or under it. And I think Completely that's the you. problem. And it's what the diet comprises of. So it should be about the quality, not just the quantity of the food. So I think the problem with numbers is that we miss everything else. I'm not 
not saying they don't have a role because I need to do that in my clinic with people, but you need to look at the big picture. Yeah. And I think that's such a big, strong message that needs to get out there at the (laughs) moment, like calories, numbers, it's all about nutrients. Mm. It's not even about, and when you relate that to exercise too, it's also about feeling, not about calories. You know, people go to the gym and do certain workouts just to burn those 150 calories. But then they may eat them straight after. Exactly. Yeah. It's really hard. And I think the government at the moment have brought out this campaign that's telling people how many calories to limit their calories at lunch, dinner, breakfast. And if you go into Starbucks now, I saw it literally hung. The other day I went in to get my matcha because they now do matcha teas now. So happy because I don't do coffee. Nor do you now. So we love our matcha drinks. And I went in on the counter there was, if you have this, this and this, it will make 600 calories for you. And I thought that is everywhere. And whilst it may be useful for some, we're alienating so many people that it's not useful for as well. But this is the thing. Where's the education in that? Because there's no backstory. No. So there's kind of two things here as I was going to say to you. Where do you think this is coming from? And I have a big problem at the moment and everyone knows it with the mainstream media Mm. and the way that calories, how to burn calories so that they are still burning four days later. Oh. What food to eat. And a lot of it is mainstream media, but actually mm. I think there's a responsibility that brands maybe totally. have. Why are they putting that on their campaigns? I think this goes into public health nutrition yeah. and something that I struggle with a lot, which is why I actually work in private practice because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. I think the government has to step up and regulate yeah. things. I mean, we have EU regulations of what people can state on their packaging and what mm. they can't, but there should be more of a force behind it because we've got a problem we can't deny that there's a problem with people being overweight in this country just as much as underweight Underweight, but then if we're focusing on those two ends of the spectrum we forget about everyone in the middle yeah just the everyday girls healthy at any size and shape but there's a cutoff below and of over I think that's the thing is it's such a minefield isn't it and Mm. it is a minefield for even us qualified people in the industry so Every day I try and say to myself, what would the average person say to me? What's one of the biggest questions that you get asked from people on social media or... I get a lot of DMs from people that will be giving specific things about themselves. And to be honest with you, they're so varied. It could Mm. be from someone saying, I have a kidney condition. I don't know what to eat for this. Or I have hormonal problems. Or I struggle with this. Do you think apple cider vinegar is good for me? Do you think this? And actually a lot of it is the media and the messages the media have portrayed that they're then questioning and asking me for the real answers. It got so intense that I've had to create this Ask Re series weekly where all the questions, instead of taking DMs now, I put underneath a post and I ask them to hashtag Ask Re and I will try and cover them all in my live sessions. My goodness, yeah, we need to figure out a way for you to be able to do that. Yeah, but then I can't offer advice. So this is what people need to understand. In a clinic session with me, it would be an hour because I need health history, which means I cover what's in your maternal, paternal side of the family, any health conditions? What about your journey from the age of one up to how old you are now? What's happened in your life? What about your digestion, your immunity? I don't know any of that from one DM. So it's not ethical of me to To even give any advice. So I guess the kind of key thing to take there is that actually Mm. we're all very different. And I think that's something we've forgotten in the industry hugely. You can't tarnish one brush on everyone. There's something I love to say that we are as unique as our personalities. Mm. And it's something I covered in my TED talk that I did recently. And that is that this is the problem with 
diets is that diets don't work and they will never work no. because we are all genetically biochemically different. different well this is the thing someone said to me the other day yeah. i think it was my uncle and he was like oh god are you vegan as well now <laughs> and i said to him no i'm not vegan I'm... where did he get that from because i asked for a vegan dish all right but that was because i have <laughs> enjoying think... plant-based foods yeah and I, I, absolutely i've had conversations with so many people and been like i am basically on the becky diet i am yes yes what I becky. Want, when i want how mm. i want I'm starting to listen to when I'm hungry. And I think I want to touch on diet. I think what's happening is also we're trying to take away diet culture by coming up with other diets. Yeah, I think people are very confused. So the word diet actually does mean everything you eat in a day. But we associate the word diet as being a a restrictive weight loss thing. Yeah. So in a hospital, for instance, a dietitian would put someone on a renal diet that's special for people with kidney disease. So you've got to look at it in that kind of way anyway. It's to change what that word, what everyone thinks that word means. means. Yeah, Yeah, because you use the word nutrition, you use the word diet, but essentially in order to crack this whole going on diets it needs to come from education it needs to start young schools schools yeah i think so because i'm not saying it's too late for anybody but we can save the future generation actually put a stop to it the diet culture is something it doesn't work that's why we still have problems in this country yeah you set yourself up for failure and it causes this binge restrict cycle which Mm. happens continuously so a bit of sciencey stuff yeah, for you. Go on. Not I too like much. The science. No, okay. I like the science. So our fat cells, how yeah. they work is people that yo-yo, basically, their fat cell, like a kind of bubble. For those of you listening, I'm kind of using my hands. It's really a bad example. <laughs> yeah. I, need to, I need to speak it out. So you fill up the circle, the fat cell, and then if you overfill it, so you eat too much, it may divide into two cells. Wow. But then you're stuck with those cells for life and they will shrink or inflate and divide again and multiply. So what happens if yo-yo diets is because you've restricted for so long, the minute you eat again, it fills up really quick. So you're more likely to develop multiple fat cells, which is why you put on more weight yeah. after being on a diet. This is so interesting. I don't like bubble wrap. I do not know that science. And I have to say, I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done between personal trainers and nutritionists. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, Is it right that you guys are taught just how to help people really lose weight or like so we get we get i have to be honest Mm. personal training qualification for me is not the industry standard is not enough it's not enough and and i hold my hands up to that i qualified my personal training degree because i'd done it at a levels Mm. and i had a background in that sporting knowledge but i was amazed at how how much we have control of people's bodies how much they trust Mm. us and how limiting the research is that we get and the information we get the word trust it's the same with doctors so we trust our yeah. doctor. However, they have less than 20 hours in their seven-year degree. Wow. So I think yeah, we all need to work to, together. To, to, yeah, and I think that is the mm. key thing is that the learning that I did as a PT when I became a PT, two years have gone by now and I've read all my journals that I'm interested in. Yeah. I've listened to the podcast and I've learned from mentors. Mm. You know, I've learned by actually teaching, which is why I have a bit of an issue in the industry with people who are, they've got the qualification but that they says they're a practice. PT. But they don't practice. Because I think, you don't um, deal with people day No, day and I learned so much yeah. when I set up my clinic yeah. in itself. And as you know, I study every few months. Come I'm on, not a course. Yeah, this girl does not <laughs> stop studying. Well, I can't. When was the last time you just sat in front of the TV? I would yeah. do that sometime. Yeah, I would never, do it soon. Never is the answer. Then. <laughs> um, I think that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? They trust it us with their lives. Mm. I did an advanced nutrition course as well, mm. which then allowed me to kind of look at people's daily foods. It taught me calories, macros, and basically creating a, a food plan essentially yeah. for someone, which I actually don't do. Yeah. But it is useful in the fact that 
It's good to offer little nuggets of information. Well, it's more that, I think to go and see a nutritionist, you think you need to go and see them when you've got a problem. That is the problem in itself. Yeah. I'm always the last resort, okay? Always. So people think, oh, it's so expensive, but actually you'd spend far more on all the diets, on all the food, on all the stuff you've wasted when you could have just come and yeah. had one or two sessions. And I feel like a PT might be the first. Yes. Or, or you try the diets and you try yeah. other things. I mean, this is the first time I've really thought about this, but I feel mm. like I'm the kind of first point of call yeah. and they come to me and actually what I see is that the majority of them under eat so it's mm-hmm. really interesting to hear you say that because they're like I'm still not losing weight I've got fat here fat there and mm-hmm. I look at their food and they're maybe eating like probably 500 calories a oh, day goodness, really that's, that's or really like they'll eat a meal yeah. that's about 500 calories a day but then they'll have a chocolate bar which will take it up to their maybe mm-hmm. calorie allowance but I know and I think it's also this is when the psychology stems into mm. it because we don't know why people make their food choices and often people underreport or overreport. so it's very difficult to get 100% the truth from someone when they show you their food diary yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. and if someone just wrote I had baked beans on toast they didn't tell you how much or what brand no. or what type of toast so this is why it takes time it's impossible do you know what I almost <laughs> think there needs to be a level where someone can come and see a nutritionist at a like a base layer oh, rather than my dream to, yeah. would be the NHS offered doctor PT nutrition professional yeah. because that little triangle yeah, and together. the psychologist actually it yeah. should be a so, square yeah. not a triangle so I think the psychologist thing is so key like Huge. I actually say with a lot of the clients that I get as a PT they aren't in bad shape no because they're all coming from Instagram and they're all in great shape <laughs> their actually issue is their mindset towards yes, exercise and what they're looking for and how much does mindset have a role to play in food um, a huge part it's really massive I mean black and white thinking is something that we look at a lot so people are very all or nothing yeah. so I call it black and white and there's no grey there's no middle ground where you merge those two colours so mm-hmm. if someone were to have one biscuit they have the whole pack rather yeah. than just one and looking and opening your eyes into saying you are allowed to enjoy yourself with your food as well and having everything in moderation. Yeah. That's a phrase like balance that's thrown around, but people yeah. don't really know oh, yeah, how it, it works yeah. and what it means. And there's studies that say if you allow yourself enjoyed foods, you're less likely to binge. So for your mind and your peace of mind and your life, you're not going to suddenly balloon or lose too much weight no. or gain too much weight if you balance everything out over a week or two yeah there should be no rules but also what about if this is the thing people are scared mm. to change their food in case they gain, gain weight so yeah. what about if you stop caring about what you look like so much and start mm. to caring about how you felt would yeah. relationships with food then perhaps change because they could do i mean they're very ingrained so often food can be used as a coping skill yeah. so it's not just about what they look like it right. could be stress relief it yeah. could be anger something deep rooted in childhood and some people just do things and they can't explain why it's just somehow they've learned to use food as a way to get by to get by yeah and it's so complex but I agree with you completely that if we stop focusing on the aesthetics it's not I mean don't get me wrong I'm going to be getting married next year I want to look lovely in a wedding dress but of course everyone wants to look nice I think the issue is that when you chase (laughs) feeling good you end up looking good rather than chase looking good you don't yeah I think we confuse the two things because feeling how can you feel on the inside be reflected yeah. with how you look on the outside. They're two separate They're two things completely. So you touched on stress there. What yeah. role does stress play when it comes to eating? Because oh, I know that it happens to me every time I'm really stressed and really busy. It's not binging. It's more that I eat really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a rush. I've got five minutes to eat my food. Yeah. I don't chill. I don't rest. Yeah. And your digestion will yeah. also suffer. What happens to the body if you're eating in a stress 
stay. So, so yeah. it's the physiological process inside. First of all, we've got this thing that I talk about a bit called a vagus nerve, which okay. is like, imagine a line that runs from your forehead all the way down to your stomach. Yeah. So any slight feeling of stress will alert that nervous system and that nerve. Mm. And then you can also end up drawing blood flow away from the stomach when it should be digesting when you're in a state of stress. So if you are... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Eating lots, first of all, as a coping skill with the stress to release endorphins or to feel good. Mm. You're also not going to digest that food well because you're in a heightened state of stress anyway with the blood flow in your digestion. Yeah. Then the motility in your gut speeds up really quickly and may cause cramping or IBS or bloating or digestive complaints, which we all know how that yeah. feels. Then there's cortisol. And cortisol yeah. is the hormone that's released, which has a knock-on effect on all these other systems. Without getting too complex, yeah. stress gives you a rubbish, terrible yeah. belly. Cortisol <laughs> is the hormone that's released when you exercise. Yeah, which is why I say exercise is not your you time to someone because when you are exercising, you are still putting stress yeah. on your body. It may be time out, but you actually need mental time out as well where your body is not heightened. It's doing nothing. And that's such mm. a big message that... I'm really trying to push at the moment because I feel like we are this culture of get up, go to the gym before you've even gone to work. You don't have time at home. You're yeah. up at the door. But look rushing. at us. I mean, we've between the two of us yeah. as well. I now message <laughs> Becky sometimes and I'm terrible because I actually cancel on classes, but yeah. she understands because she knows that yeah. I'm doing it I'm for like my proud mental of you state. Say, I know. Becky, I'm going to cancel you. I'm like, I'm well done. Honey. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I think you and I have made big yeah. changes. I think Huge. that's something that is really important for people to know because I, when I was We're not perfect. My, yeah, when I was hosting one of my workshops of the day, someone said to me and it really stuck to me she was like we all booked this workshop to come and spend time with you and learn more from you and mm. actually it's really nice to know that you haven't got your shit completely 100 yeah. together nobody does both you and i i think have been on a very similar journey to like yes. changing our relationships with rushing around so much yeah, and I being think so busy being happy and yeah. allowing ourselves to be happy i mean i've always had this 
a huge work ethic and drive. Obviously, yeah, from when I yeah, moved out of home at such a young age, but yeah. I needed to learn as well. I think a lot of people listening will feel that a sometimes you're not good enough, but actually, it's that voice in your head that tells you you should be doing this, or you should mm-hmm. be doing that. We've got to switch off and yeah. remember to focus on our own pace. On your own pace. And I think if someone was listening to this and they were like in a bit of a state with food and they just mm. didn't know what healthy looked like anymore. So one of the reasons I am doing what I'm doing with Alternatively Healthy is I feel like there's so much content out there. there there's is. so much information and it's impossible for someone to kind of find out what's real and what's right. So what would be the biggest advice you would say okay. to someone who wants to make their nutrition a healthier place in general? I know it's really generalised. <laughs> no, but I but... think it's a really important one. So my first bit of advice would be to seek out qualified yeah. information because you want to educate yourself so you are empowered and you can mm. make the right choices and not fall victim to the poor choices out yeah. there. So I think the first thing is to seek out things even like my book, yeah. find tools of information because Renourish will educate you all about the basic stuff you need to know. Then you can take it to the next level yeah. and then you seek out more from different podcasts or different resources. But ultimately, if you're still jarred, it's worth looking at your counselling side of things and psychology as much as nutrition. And guys, honestly, listening, if you haven't got Rhiannon's book yet, Uh it is such a good, it's got everything in there, hasn't it? It It tells you what carbs. Everything. It's like a nutrition Bible. I cover bone health, alcohol, fitness, everything from mindful eating to gut health. And a lot of the DMs I get or the questions and the emails from my website are all questions that can be answered in my book. In your book, yeah. Yeah. You really have managed to cover everything. And there's also epic recipes in there. There's about seven, to me. Year to write that. But it is, and I think that's why it's done <laughs> so well, is because you've kind of gone, do you know what, guys? Enough is enough. Yes. I Let's have. strip it back. It's all in one book. And if you yeah. have still got questions after this, it's probably worth actually spending some time Definitely. seeing. Definitely. And I do get back to everybody yeah. that messages me. But I will be honest with you, whereas a lot of people, maybe on social media or the internet that you contact, they may want your money or they won't be yeah. honest with you. Or maybe from the goodness of their heart, they'll be replying and they don't know that that could be damaging. Yeah. And I think also touching on the qualified thing is social media is obviously a powerful, powerful tool. Mm. And I've seen some questionable things in my time. (laughs) How do you think people can overcome seeing these people with amazing big followings, amazing bodies Mm. and looking great, listening to them talk about their food? Because... Anecdotal. Yeah. I I mean, I saw something the other day where a girl physically went to the gym and then she wrote over her food, I've earned this. Oh. What are your thoughts on the earning of food post-workout? I do want to speak about working out and then you're... I don't really think cheat days or earning food, that kind of thing. A, it's a load of rubbish because you cannot physically calculate 100% how much you've burned in a workout anyway to then eat it. So scientifically, it's flawed, but psychologically, it's disastrous. Yeah. Because you'll then start maybe having feelings of shame or guilt when you're eating when you haven't worked out and before you know it you can only eat when you've been exhausting yourself and then your body goes into a state of shock so what does a good meal look like pre-workout pre-workout it depends on what you're about to work out but often I suggest maybe two to three hours before some complex carbohydrate a protein of choice it can be vegan vegetarian (laughs) it can be for omnivores whatever you like that's fine um god it's so funny everybody yeah Yeah, no of course but it's because I believe if we label things it gets complicated because you and I we are not vegans but we eat vegan meals because we enjoy them and then sometimes we'll be pescatarian or vegetarian you can eat what you like yeah anyway with the complex carbs the protein 
some vegetables and a little bit of healthy fat. So a normal balanced plate, but post-workout, that's when you've got to think, what have I just done? Yeah. So if you are a runner or someone that's just burned or expelled a lot of energy, you need the kind of refined carbs. So refined carbs are not the devil. Yeah. You know, a bit of white rice or oh. white pasta post-run will replenish your glycogen stores. So you've lost enough sugar. Yeah. yeah, with my, so I'm working some of the Olympic athletes, the runners for yeah, um, Tokyo. But honestly, if you've just worked out, you need to get that sugar back inside yeah. your muscles. And muscles work with carbs. They need it to unlock the cell. And it's a very complex process. Mm. But yeah. So white carbs are not bad. No, this is the thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. the carb thing. Let's I go know, there. I know. Let's go there. Because I know. I've actually recently upped my carbs. I think that's the thing is I yeah. always thought I couldn't eat carbs. So I've grown up with a lot of intolerances and yeah. IBS. And I guess we can touch on that as well because I'm sure yeah, there's hundreds of people that are talking about that. Yeah. So I limited the carbs I could have because it was basically rice, sweet potato. But I have changed... My carb levels are so much higher at the moment. I feel like a new human. Yes. I feel so yes. much better. So what is the situation with um, It stemmed in the 1950s with this yeah. guy who did all this research called Ansel Keys. And he discovered basically things about fat and the low fat trend came in and we put sugar in. And it all stemmed from this time period when this was going on. Yeah. So people embarked upon low fat diets and low carb diets, kind yeah. of high protein. And now there's this whole debate with low carb versus high carb. Actually, everything in balance it's yeah. just overall energy intake so the carb thing was just a period of time in 50 years time we may be having another oh high carb thing about. or low yeah. pro- i don't know where diets well, at the are moment going. i think the thing is very much a vegan yeah fat, the isn't vegan it? trends are on are on board and i think that's a real shame because some people that embrace veganism do it with a heart of gold and yeah. they're going out there and they want to eat ethically and sustainably which is great and there's no denying that we are overproducing on the planet mm. however that does not make me bad it does not make people that eat meat bad it's like they associating a food as a bad food yes exactly whereas actually it's not it's what we as humans are doing with the farming or what we're doing with how we're producing it it doesn't mean that if you eat meat it's going to be bad for your digestion or anything because it's not if anyone's gone vegan and they're suffering with digestive problems it's because they've grown up eating meat and fish and their their body's very adapted to living in that way well i think the thing with the vegan trend is i get asked a lot by my clients should i go vegan because does that make you slimmer and i'm like I have clients of all sizes who are yeah. vegan, even up to obese. Well, because you, you actually tend to have a lot more people that I know that are vegan. And when I look at what they're doing mm. with their food, they are eating more like high fat. They've got no protein in their no. diet, essentially, which is so important. Well, they isn't have it? to eat larger portions yeah, even of everything up. to get the micronutrients and to fill up. And there's some great protein sources like tofu and things out there and falafel. Mm. And even broccoli has a small amount, but you don't get the complete amino acid profile. Yeah, you so get that's the thing, isn't it? It's complete yeah. proteins, which are yes. really hard to get. That's the difference you? between yeah. complete. So two vegan proteins that go together to make a complete... Um, I know it's boring for those who listen if you know, but rice and beans are the classic. That is the yeah. one. And then I would say something like nut butter and oat cakes. Okay. You've got to mix two things together to make a whole one. Okay. And then it's so interesting. I think there's so, so many different areas we could talk Your about. Your post-workout but... as well, just for people to know, if they haven't been expending so much energy, they don't need to be loading up on the loads protein. of food afterwards yeah. or protein. They can probably just eat their next meal if they've just done a plant well, kind of putting in I think for me at the time when I was training and then I was eating after I was just in my mindset it was like oh I've trained to eat I don't think that was what I was thinking but you subconsciously, subconsciously do it I think the key is from what you're saying it sounds like you really just need to listen to you yeah and own what works put your you. blinkers on yeah. my friend Steph we have this thing where we're like we're putting our blinkers on and we're not going to look at other people or do anything like that yeah. but you have to understand that what they're doing doesn't make it right yeah 
No, I completely understand yeah. that. And I think that's with everything in terms of health. Because we're going to go on to a little <laughs> fact or fad. Oh, I'm so a little nervous. fact or fad fire. Okay, okay. I know. It's not, I mean, I think you'll very quickly realise where I'm going with okay, this. Okay, right. But I'm going to go and throw some fads at you. Okay. And I want you to give me a literally quick answers, fact or fad. Oh, God. And if they sit on a line, just go, can't answer. Maybe I should have read these before. <laughs> yeah, okay, go, yeah, go for it. Yeah, has not seen these. I haven't read any. Okay, so we just touched on the first one, so carbs are bad for you. No. So I say fad. Yeah. Sorry. Fad. Uh, vegan is healthier. Fad. Sugar is the devil. Fad. Caffeine is the devil. I'm on the side with it. Because yeah. I know for some people, caffeine may be beneficial in certain times, but for others, not at all. Not. Okay. Counting calories works. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? This is really hard. I would actually say I'm on the fence because every situation is difficult, but I tend to lean towards no. Fad. Uh, Fibre is the key to a healthy gut. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. We'll touch on that, actually. Mm. Uh, going gluten-free is healthier. Oh, fad. <laughs> Biggest, <laughs> Biggest fad, fad ever. The gluten-free business is worth what? How did Billions. they do it? Honestly, oh, because... it's like Facebook. How did they make that much? Uh, They've cashed in gluten-free. Yeah, well, remember that. Yes, we'll go on yes. to that. Um, coconut oil over olive oil or vegetable oil? Oh, I'm olive oil yeah, all so the fad. way. It's so a fad, fad, yeah. Okay, fruit has too much sugar in it and it's bad for you. Fad. Actually, nearly all of those are fad. Yeah. Far a few. Okay, so that was basically what my point was. And as I was writing these, I mean, we could go on forever. You I'm could have written to... everything out of like fad, yeah. fad, fad. So fad. I guess that's the point, is that mm. all these things that we talk about in nutrition and all these big statements because people want to make it a sexy interesting yeah. subject whereas actually it's a science and it, making science sexy can be hard yeah so they come up with it well this is the thing <laughs> like bread over rice like yeah. I, I just think you could go so hard on it and actually bananas was, make you fat yes That's another one I used or to they have loads time. of calories in yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean we could go forever but yeah. i wanted to just do a few and when i did them i didn't realize what as I was writing them, yeah. I didn't think that the answer was going to be fad for all of them. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, actually, she's going to say fad. Yeah. But I think you realise this industry is very fad-based. Like mm. Marketing people are very clever. They play it's on... money. They yeah. want... They prey on people's hope and their vulnerability because yeah. they put these ideals in the media and in the press of what we should look like. So none of us are ever going to look like that because it's not physically, humanly possible. No. So we all aspire to it. Therefore, we will spend money aspiring to do it. Oh, it's just... <laughs> it's like making the world go round, isn't it? It I mean, is. It's really tough, but... Gluten-free, as we touched on it. Okay, right. so it's a multi-billion pound business. I can't isn't believe it? that. So I went to my mom's house the other day. So we cut out gluten from our diet as, mm. as a family when I was really young. So I was born with lactose intolerance. I yeah. had a rash all over my face. And from a young age, we had to find alternatives. Yeah. We cut out gluten-free when I was quite young. And actually, it was probably a very uneducated thing because we completely restricted ourselves from gluten. But as a parent, you would worry. So you're like, well, the safest thing I can do maybe is that. And yeah. the industry is very different six, seven years. Yeah. Ago, we were so Hugely. uneducated, and I mean, I'm educated enough now that I. But it's still evolving. That's the scary well, thing. Yeah, and I went home to my mum's, and she was like, "Oh, I've got lots of gluten-free macaroons <laughs> if you want them." And I was like, "Mum, you might as well be eating a." I think macaroons are gluten-free. Yeah, but I, exactly. <laughs> so tell me about the gluten-free fat okay, at the moment. Right. There's a statistic that only one percent of the population is celiac. There is something called um, a sensitivity that yeah. people can have like to non, gluten. I yeah, thought I had like yeah. non-gluten gluten sensitivity. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. exactly. Yeah. It's a bit of a mouthful and it's confusing, but you can't accurately diagnose it yet. Yeah. So all these test kits and things that come out, they're never 100% accurate. I'm just going to throw that out there now. So if you've taken a kit that says you can't amazing. have eggs or you can't have this and you, you're allergic to, I don't know, beans, 
It's rubbish. Just rubbish, rubbish, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, because I have two different types. I've had like an energy type one, like oh, a okay. holistic one. Yeah. And then I had blood tests at the doctors and they were like, you're allergic to chicken. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Blood tests at the doctors? Oh, I can't goodness. remember what they told me. I was yeah, yeah. to. It was no. such weird stuff. Yeah. So they're completely null and no, void. No, there's none at the moment that we are recommended as health professionals to use because they're just not accurate enough. We don't have enough for it. And our DNA is so complex. We're still evolving and learning about that because we now know that there's genes that make certain people People hungrier so you know one person that can't stop at one slice of cake that might be in their dna it might be their genetics yeah. send hunger wow. signals but that's off topic back to yeah. gluten yeah um, god <laughs> i know there's so many places we can go i know this. but gluten's a protein so most people don't know that that is what gluten actually is it's a protein component yeah. if you take the protein out you've got to replace, replace it, with it with something else and that's when gluten-free products may actually become unhealthier yeah. than the original item so it's itself. All more about looking at what else is in there the products and yeah. not just i keep hearing people going oh but i'm gluten Free though, and but the I'm thing like, is, there are so many gluten-free things anyway. If you were celiac and you yeah. can eat it, that you could have oats are gluten-free. It's just that if they're in a factory yeah. contaminated, so I know things. that now. When I go somewhere, I'm yeah. like, do you have um, gluten-free oats? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what? Well, can I just have some oats? Like, I'm yeah. not intolerant enough. But to people know. don't yeah. know that, and then they think to be healthy, they have to go to the gluten-free aisle, whereas actually they could buy so many alternative grains and things that are gluten-free naturally. Naturally, like quinoa and yeah, what is that? Even a remember, is it? A grain? Yeah, and buckwheat. Buckwheat is a it's good confusing. One because yeah. the name has wheat in it. Yeah. Is there a difference between wheat and gluten? It's and a very... yeast and wheat oh, are different, goodness. aren't they? So <laughs> now we're looking at scientific okay. like molecular structures of the items of food. But different people are always going to digest yeah. things differently. And what it could be is that it's actually your digestive and your gut microbiome. So some people naturally have this certain bacteria that enable food to be digested in a different way to someone way. else. Yeah. And we're still developing research on that too. So what are maybe like five typical signs that someone... Might have an intolerance. Yeah, like if they're, yeah, what are five signs that so someone I might, think, or might, their diet might be just not treating them very well? I think instead of saying five signs, just say if you've got an allergy, you will know about it. Yeah. First of all, so people say they're allergic to something, unless you're coming up with hives and you've got a puffy yeah. face and you're in excruciating pains, people could die from allergies. You need to know that they're serious. I think that's important for people yeah. to know. First of all, if they are always in pain and yeah. cramping and things are going right through them, so diarrhea okay. is a sign that things are not quite happening. Constipation. Constipation could be diversity of diet. That touches on the fibre subject as well. Yeah. So we're meant to eat around 30 grams of fibre a day. So Most not. people get 17 to 18 wow. in the UK. So that's another thing yeah. to be mindful of. Is it your diet that's not right? Mm. A second sign would definitely be if you just don't feel energised and you're feeling tired and lethargic yeah. all day. Because your digestion may not be absorbing the nutrition you're eating or it may be you're not getting all the right things in yeah. your diet for that. I've kind of gone off the frame of the question you asked. Yeah, but it's good. I just want people to, like, you know, if they are tired or moody yeah, or, you know, are the, what are the signs that someone's diet needs to be changed? Definitely. Or they need to look at and what you eating. need to look at skin and yeah. vibrancy and hair and condition and those kind of things. Because if you are malnourished, you may be looking a little bit um, sallow. Your skin won't mm. be glowing in the same way. Sleep well, made this disrupted. leads me on to a very next good question okay. because we could go on forever about sleep and we could go on about gut health and mm. I think we need to leave it. At some, but there's plenty more it's we can talk about subject. for their own topics. It's a whole podcast. Yeah, it's a whole podcast. <laughs> gut health is something definitely is a whole yes. podcast. You talk about signs and you talk about skin and you talk about sleep. And sleep, where does yeah. that lie with hormones? Food and hormones um, is something that yeah, I really yeah. want to talk about because yeah. my hormones are all over the place and always have been mm. and... 
Is that maybe because I'm restricted? How are they linked? Okay, basically everything is linked. Yeah. So you've got to look at your body like one big wheel or in a clock, lots of different cogs that are taking place to make it move around. Sleep is essential. I'm going to just yeah. throw that out there. You need to, I mean, the World Health Organization recommends eight hours. Yeah. Seven to nine for the average human. So many people, you'd be surprised how much sleep Six they get. Five, yeah. It's terrifying. I mean, I love my sleep. I do Me get my now. eight to nine hours. I was just time. talking to Becky before I came. Like, I'm going out for dinner with some friends, but I actually just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> I love it. I love sleep. But also, it's really interesting because how much are you sleeping in the night when you sleep as well? Precisely. And is it good quality or not? Yeah. Because when you're asleep, guys, that's when all the repair works happen mm. in your body. That's when everything kind of realigns and gets ready for the day and the cellular processes take place and part of those processes are obviously your hormonal function as well and I think some of us are blessed with regular periods some of us are not for females listen obviously for men testosterone and sperm count are affected by sleep so men that don't sleep enough have a lower sperm count so everything is so interlinked and then you've got to remember that your hormones they kind of work with your body fat as well so if your body fat percentage is too low you you will be having disrupted hormonal functions and yeah. again if it's too high or it's higher you'll notice changes with my clients I notice a lot this is a bit anecdotal and I think there are research studies to back it up that as people lose weight if I'm working with an obese client or someone that's a bit overweight their hormones get lighter and less painful as they lose the weight so there's a definite interaction inside there but you need to be eating healthy fats because they are so important and protein makes everything in your yeah. body and people that don't get them. we went them. through a big stage of low fat, didn't we? Oh, huge. And actually, I think that's when I had all my hormone issues. Yeah. And actually, it was when I was working with a guy who was launching a new fitness plan. And he asked me to test it for four weeks. And that's when I counted macros for four mm. weeks. And the fat he made me eat was such a huge amount. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, I've not been eating this much fat at all. I think it's because there was a fear of cholesterol, whereas actually yeah. now we can tell the difference between cholesterol is essential for human life. Yeah. But before we just saw it as something that was just, just bad. Yeah. Like with eggs, I think yeah. the whole egg subject. Yeah, it was like egg whites with one exactly. yolk. That's what I was, I was doing that. Well, I'm not surprised. I was yeah. actually watching a YouTube video of a blogger that I won't name and it just broke <laughs> my heart because I've never done a what I eat in a day because I feel it would be a bit irresponsible yeah. of me to do it because people may try and do it. Yeah. But this blogger was saying I made the most delicious egg white pancake breakfast with cinnamon and it tastes just like a normal crepe and then I had my grenade bar and then I, and it's just like she wasn't eating any food it's yeah. like stuff stuff that's been manipulated yeah. and oh so that's another key thing is Vegetables to, to eat real food real that's food. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean we could talk forever Sorry, I think we, we might have to leave it, it up, there yeah. but I think guys it's really important to note that the reason why I haven't asked Ree what she ate today yeah and the reason why <laughs> we haven't really de- in too much on social media and we haven't talked about what foods make you slimmer or what foods make you healthier or happier is because you guys need to realise that everyone's different yeah, and, and you're, you're all so different yeah. so please be mindful when you're looking at social media and you're looking at all of these people and I guess just listen to yourself a little bit more that's the one thing I learned this year more than anything I hold my hands up and say that although never having a real issue with food mm. I've had a relationship had a with journey. food of course and everyone has, has a, a relationship yeah. and I think it can be very scary just hearing listen to yourself but as long as you've got people around you you need a good support network yeah and I think if you've got your friends or someone that you can open up and talk to and just say I really think I'm struggling a little bit I'm feeling bad if I look at things the usual things yeah. mute people's stories unfollow yeah. just, Get not even on social media just in your life if there's someone yeah. in your office that makes you feel bad don't sit next I to know. them yeah no agreed yeah so one sentence that you could say to these guys to take away with them today 
Okay, the one sentence to take away. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. It is definitely, definitely put on spot. It would be to step off the scales and focus on nourishing your mind and your body because if your mind is happy, your body will definitely follow with you. Amazing. I love that. And... <laughs> Um, that really was putting me on the that spot. That was really, really good. That Thanks. was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and then what's left to come from you this year? Because book number one is out and it's... I know. They went into the top 10, didn't they? It, it's like number it four. It got to number four. You're yeah, amazing. It's incredible. And then what can people expect to see with right. you? Right. There's a lot of stuff that I can't <laughs> announce Ooh, yet. I know, I know. So look out for a lot more information coming your way, I think. Obviously, I've just done my TED Talk. Yes, There's lots of amazing. retreats coming up every year and a few announcements that I'll be making over the next few months and hopefully it will go down as well as the others yes and we're going to be doing a lot more workshops together and we're trying to give you as much content as we possibly can so thank you so much pleasure thanks for having me Becky it's been amazing and I hope it's been really knowledgeable for all of you guys and just remember to listen to you but yeah see you later Bye. bye you have been listening to the alternatively healthy wellness podcast series by Becky Rabin Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating. For more information on our podcasts, other episodes and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.